The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guest's thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. Welcome back to Kavah the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. Leslie Hamilton and Emily DeWitt were about to meet for the first time. And this meeting would change the life of an unborn baby. Previously on Kavah, Emily shared how she found herself pregnant in her last year of high school. I was a really smart kid, a girl, and I didn't want to be a single mom. I wanted to go to college. I told my parents, had to convince my parents that I wanted to do some sort of adoption. Leslie was married to Wes Hamilton, and they would have given anything to be pregnant. Into year three, we had a 1% chance of conceiving naturally. And now their paths were about to cross. But as Emily got in the car to drive to Leslie's home, she began to wonder. She'd heard nothing but glowing reports about these parents. So she wasn't super nervous. But would they like her? Would they want to adopt her baby? And if not, what on earth would she do? Leslie was pacing around her house, ready to pass out at the sound of the doorbell. Wes tried to calm her down. They'd heard horror stories about adoption planning going wrong. This girl was so young. Would she change her mind? Would she like them? They had hoped for a child for so long. Leslie could hardly bear the thought of having the hope destroyed. Welcome back to Episode 2 of Leslie Hamilton and Emily DeWitt's story on Kavah. So this is January of 2000, and how far along are you? Seven months. Yeah. And so you're still pursuing adoption. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like Leslie said, waiting for everyone's, um, I guess, sanity, mental health. I mean, clearly, I guess it didn't really help your mental health, but you know, <laughs> but just the idea of not necessarily, I guess, pulling the trigger too soon type right, thing. I don't right. know. Um, but I went with my mom mm-hmm. and we went over to Wes and Leslie's house in Fort Worth. And like I kind of said, I knew, um, I mean, this other family, I don't even know who could even tell you their names. Like we never mm-hmm. met the Mishas. I'm sure someone that my parents, a name mm-hmm. they had gotten from somebody, I 100% knew, mm. like, if I'm not, um, I'm not keeping the baby. I trust Jr. Mm-hmm. I know what Wes does as far as their Christian family. Right. I, 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 I right. want that. So I know um, 
excited. So, like you can have that for you. It's always so fun. So that day, so I'm not really that great of a housekeeper, let's just be honest. But <laughs> that day, my house was so clean. It was the cleanest <laughs> it has ever been before or since. Um, and was really nervous, um, like kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And so, um, and for whatever reason, I started freaking out that she wasn't, what if she doesn't like dogs? Like, what if this whole thing falls apart right. and she doesn't like our dogs? Yes. And um, so Wes could see me starting to lose it. So he set us down. He said, let's just let's pray. And he uh-huh. prayed the same prayer he had been, we'd been praying the whole time, that God would either give her the grace and the courage to raise the baby on her own, mm-hmm. or he would give her the grace and courage to allow someone else to parent the baby. Um, and then the doorbell rang. <laughs> And in they walked, and the first words out of her mouth was, oh, you have a dog! Oh! <laughs> um, so then it, from then on, it was just like, I don't know, you know when you meet the one? Yeah. That's how it felt. We just yeah. felt like these are our people. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Talk about it, it's the weirdest, you know, blind date. <laughs> you know, on. But so we're talking, and um, we're saying, well, if all of this works out, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And she was saying things, well, when the baby comes, y'all can, blah, 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 you know. And she kept saying, when the baby comes, wow. And we were, finally, Wes stopped her, and he said, okay, so, or, you know, you stopped us and said, hey, look, no, this, y'all are the ones. I've, I've known since the beginning that y'all were the ones. And, wow. Um, so what, what you know, was, when you went to their house, what was your uh, it is, perspective? It is weird, because I don't remember, I'm sure I was nervous, but I right. don't remember... I think I just thought I'm going to meet them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly feeling nervous or feeling, I mean, like Leslie said, it was very um, natural. And even if that was January and, you know, baby came in March, even those few months, I felt like Wes became kind of like a big brother type, mm-hmm. you know, it was very um, natural and mm-hmm. it was very um, an easy. Wow. So I don't remember... I'm sure I was nervous, but I don't right. remember what I felt. I just think I th- knew yeah. we're going in to meet them. And like she's saying, I would say things that this is going to happen or this is going right. to happen. or um, And even I totally understand there's a fear of in Texas, you don't sign your rights away right. for 72 hours. And you see all those, you hear all right. those kind of horror stories. God gave me a really supernatural, it's all I can describe yeah. it as. I, especially once kind of meeting Wes and Leslie and going through those last few months, I felt like a surrogate mom, which, mm. and even at times I felt guilty for not connecting. Like, mm. I just, I didn't, I didn't not feel like he was mine, but I did, he wasn't mine. Wow. So I don't know how to describe that except, you know. Right. And it's crazy, not that this needs to be a part of this part, I don't know, but it's weird because I feel more emotional now, like as a, a mom or like, you know what right, I mean? Like right. it's weird because I felt I felt like I, there was something wrong with me. Like I even went through, um, what did you go through when you, the class that you end up going with me later? The prenatal Yeah, like when you go through all the mm-hmm. classes. Um, there was one of the nurse ladies who's leading it that was like, well, you know, People change their minds. She gave me a percentage of how many people change their mind. Like, I remember thinking, like, why are you, why would you encourage someone right. or, like, tell someone, I don't know. Right. So I remember being like, oh, it's fine. I don't know. It just, it, I didn't feel weird. I just knew that, like, everyone kept, I know probably with good intentions trying to, like, 
right. remind me right. that like, you know, you still, I'm like, I would not, who would do that to someone? Uh, I don't know how, why, how you could even, I remember thinking like, even if for some reason this baby's born and I'm like super emotionally attached and I've seen shows on TLC, they would always show that where, and they would show moms that would make that hard decision and then mm-hmm. just be like, I don't even want to see the baby. Right. I feel like I would have done that. Even if I felt this emotional, right, I would have right. been like, I don't know. So, For all the fears and questions that these two women had had, they were given overwhelming peace in return. Yeah. That was My favorite lot. part of the story at, at our house is, um, so she told us that we were the ones. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, would it be okay if we came to the hospital um, mm-hmm. just to visit? And she said, no. She said, I want you there. She said, um, this is the part that always makes me tear up, um, even now. Um, so she's 17 years old. And she says, your uh, babies bond with their moms Im- immediately after birth. So I want you to be there to be the first one to hold him. I know. And to me, it's huge. So it tells you a lot about Emily that she was willing to place the baby for adoption anyway. She wanted to right. place for that baby. Right. But the fact that she loved him enough to let me have that moment. She absolutely could have had that moment and deserved that moment, you know, to hold that baby right after birth. But she gave that to me because she loved him enough. She wanted him to bond with me. And that's just amazing to me that the Lord gifted us. Yeah. You know, that is just grace. That is huge. Wow. So, um, so she was talking about people saying, change your mind. The, from January to March when he was born. So we started telling people. Yeah. And all people that loved us, all good intentions yeah. would say, now you know most of these don't work out. Or what if she tries to steal your baby? Or, you know. Yeah. I would get I know. out. Yeah. And, um, so she had told me on the phone she wanted to have him in the room with her. Well, that freaked me out because everybody's saying all this stuff. And so I was like, we need to meet. We need to have a plan. I need to know what's happening. Yeah. Because that's how I roll. I need a plan. And so she came over to the house, and then I just felt so stupid because whenever I was with her, I was completely calm and at peace. Mm. It was everybody else that was spinning yes. up, you know, yes. emotions. And, and so, yeah, he was in the room, and I spent the night with her and at the hospital, and it was Wow. So what? So... When was he born? You want to tell that story? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking, too. Um, oh, because you said about being being in the hospital. Um, I even, the, what is that called? The classes? I don't know. But Lamaze? It's Lamaze? Is that what it's you called? you babies? <laughs> I don't know. Is it Lamaze? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my good friend at the time uh went with me, like a husband would go for uh-huh. like all of the birthing, you right, know, the classes right. that you're going to breathe through. And then I wanted Leslie to go the last few classes where they tell you how to swaddle the baby and do the diapers. Right. And I'm like, well, you need this more than I do. Wow. So, so we got to go do that, which was fun. Emily proved to be anything but a typical mother who puts her child up for adoption. Instead of being possessive and controlling, she showed true love to her son and to Leslie and Wes. She made choices that surely weren't easy, but allowed her son to enter the world in the best way. She came to a baby shower with me um, that my friends threw. Oh, and, wow. And her family threw me a baby shower. So they gave me baby gifts, and they gave her, like, gift cards and stuff so she could go buy new clothes after oh, the baby came. Oh, okay, that is the sweetest thing it ever. Really, it really is. 
<laughs> wow, that's huge. So um, I think that he was due um, later in March, but again, I'm kind of, even though it sounds weird because here I got pregnant, I'm still kind of a nerd and I didn't want to miss a lot of school. Okay. So, and I was young enough that yeah. they said I could, I mean, your body, you know, usually. Right. So I uh, want, I went in on a Thursday night to be induced the Thursday before spring break so okay. I could have. So I only missed Friday of school. Okay. And then I had spring break to recover, and then I go back to school. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Tried to plan it like that, you know, and it worked out well. Um, but um, that night, since I was, since it was a, a couple weeks, I don't remember exactly when his due date was, but, um, you know, they said it might take all night, you know, giving you Pitocin mm-hmm. and doing yeah. that for his... Um, and so the next morning, I guess I still wasn't very dilated. Mm. I think my dad wasn't even there. My mom was, was with me and my best friend at the time. Um, and I know I always love it when Leslie tells that side of the story. But because um, it was like, it's like 839. Again, they made it sound like it was going to be all day. I wasn't uh-huh. really, I'm maybe like two centimeters or something, nothing crazy. Yeah. So you yeah. always like it when you. We went. So the Friday night before, we went to a Mavericks game. Mm-hmm. And then after the Mavericks game, we went to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was late, I guess. Mm-hmm. We yeah. went up there, and I went to the nurse's station, and I was like, is Emily here? Is she okay? Is she sleeping? And they were like, oh, no, girl, she's having a party. And then <laughs> <laughs> so we went in there and visited for a little bit, and then we um, left. And the next morning, we got there and uh, got in the waiting room, had all our bags, all our you know, camera bags. And Wes's parents showed up, and they all wanted to go down to breakfast. I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. And um, so they went down and left everything with me. Well, not just a few minutes after that, because she was at a two, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was very... Maybe 30 minutes later, her mom comes running down the hall. and's like, you want to see this baby born? You need to come right now. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So, so Debbie and, and my mother-in-law, and they left everything. So I had to grab <laughs> all of her stuff and run down the hall and um, walked in and I don't know anything about right. babies. You know, yeah. The doctor was in there. Oh, wow. Some of the doctors in there. Yeah, it's, it's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Um, so I'm standing there, and she's pushing, and, and I'm thinking, this is a little intimate. <laughs> so maybe I should just step out for a minute. Yeah. Because she, it went so fast, she didn't get enough girl. Oh, whoa. (laughs) I had the cart right there, and I was like, wait, what? No, (laughs) I watched TLC. Do you get the epidural? So anyway, I was feeling like maybe I just need to step out because I didn't want it. Because we've gotten to know each other, but. Not like that. Not like that. Yeah. And um, I was about to step out, and the nurse said, she's doing really good. And so inside of me is just a swirl of emotions and freak out. Right. Outside of me, I was like, oh, she's doing good. That's <laughs> and um, she said, "Yeah, you can see the head." And I was like, "What?" So I moved where I was out of the way, but I could uh-huh. see what was happening. And within, I mean, she barely pushed it all, and out he pops. And wow! They cleaned him up and wrapped him up, and turned to her and said, "Who do you want to hold him?" And she said, "Leslie." And so they put the baby, put him in my arms, and it was a pretty amazing moment. Mm. <laughs> it was overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Yeah. And was he most the most beautiful thing you'd ever oh, seen? He still the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> 20 I know. years later. I know. I know. Oh. Oh, that's so precious. So what about for you, that moment? It is, like I said, I just feel like God gave me a supernatural, like he wasn't mine. 
And it, um, I don't really know how to explain it because I, it wasn't that I felt not connected, Mm -hmm. but I almost felt guilty because I remember, I don't know if it was that day or even the next few days, or maybe it was that day. My, my best friend that was with me or, you know, uh, helping me or whatever, she was just bawling, like super like that excited kind of. And I remember thinking, how is she more emotional than I am? And I remember thinking like, something's wrong with me, Mm, you know, like I, and it wasn't that I didn't love this baby. I just was like, not, I think I just had tried to not emotionally Mm -hmm. invest so that it wouldn't be hard. And I felt bad. I was like, what is wrong with me? So I remember, you know, of course, I mean, when, once you, I remember Leslie being there and holding him and then you're just like doing everything else to clean you up or whatever. But like I said, then you don't, you know, the next day or maybe that same day, maybe probably that same day since he was bored in the morning, I remember, I always laugh because I remember you, but I remember Leslie, but I remember Wes being like, okay, what do you need? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? Like, Aww. you know, probably I would, I don't know how they felt, but I mean, I would think probably being like, again, it's, you don't sign your rights away right. for, they want to make sure you're not right. drugged and whatever, right. you know? And I just remember being like, what do you need? Do you need anything? Do you want anything? You know? Do you remember <laughs> Well, I got a Slurpee. Yeah. yeah. It was, I drank a lot of Slurpees, which is why I know they have that. Um, well, Slurpees are great. Who doesn't yeah. love a Slurpee, you know? And then Jake turned out to be seven pounds, 11 ounces, uh-huh. 7 11. So, so every year on Slurpee, <laughs> we go to 7 Eleven and have Slurpee in her honor. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So that's awesome. So 72 hours passes and you don't change your mind. No, yeah. I don't remember even the legal I don't remember you know where you do that or how that works or any of that kind of stuff um yeah I don't even remember because I mean technically from the hospital you took him home you took him home Mm mm-hmm yeah she they willed him willed her out with him yeah and um and then we put him in the carrier and went home yeah and I think we went and visited maybe a week later or so or she roller skated two days after. Yeah, my oh, mom. Oh, wow. I mean, a 17 year old body can do a lot, I guess, right? I don't know. Pop up quickly. Oh, wow. Um, well, not having an epidural and all that. I mean, yeah. I definitely went into my next, my next babies being like, okay, I did it. I can, I can yeah. do it again. You're a rock star. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, so you went home. And, we home and, and driving in that driveway, and Wes came around because I sat in the back. He came around to open the door. I just was tears, you know, because it was just like all of that, the previous three, three and a half years, right. had come down to the moment where we were taking our baby into our house for the first wow. time. Wow. You know? um, so, yeah, that that's was pretty emotional. Sure enough, even after Leslie and Wes took baby Jake to their home, Emily stayed true to her character. She didn't abandon Jake, but remained a part of his life and his new parents' lives. But from then, they would come visit, and she actually babysat for us a couple of times. And, oh, how sweet. Um, what we've learned, so we have our daughter now, too. So right. We have two adoptions. Right. And what we've learned in our open adoptions, of course, both of our birth mothers are healthy, and mm-hmm. so that was emotionally healthy. Right. Know, that was important to us. And... Um, so we were able to have an open adoption without compromising the baby being... Right. Um, without it being an unhealthy situation. Right. Um, so they came over quite a bit, but what we've learned is as 
birth mothers get into their own lives. She went to college. She, mm. you know, she starts developing. So you don't see each other as much. But that first year, we saw each other the whole right. time. And then she would come to birthday parties every year. That's sweet. Well, I was going to say, once they, it's also, it's like I move on with life, but then also eventually Jake's like seven or eight. I remember the first year you were like, he's just going to have a bunch of boys over for like, (laughs) you know, like the birthday parties change from the family birthday parties to like, you know, which is fine, but it's like he gets to an age. Not even really having birthday parties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie and Emily learned that being part of adoptive families is sometimes awkward. But it's always sweet. Um, when we got our daughter, it, <laughs> so it was starting to get complicated because, you know, Christmas is complicated anyway. Right. Plus we wanted to include birth parents. If right. We to be involved. So we finally just started having one day, and all of our family came in, and we oh, called wow. good old-fashioned birth family. <laughs> <laughs> we did that a couple years, right? That's we did a couple sweet. Years and, um, so it was good, though, yeah. I feel like. Um, so was the biological father involved in this? Later on. Okay, but yeah. not initially. Yeah. Probably Jake's, I think it was two maybe when we yeah. met. And, um, really more from the pushing of his wife. Because um, I remember when we when they came over for the first time, um, uh, her being like, hey, like she made it definitely more like, okay, this is, because it was, you know, it was hard for me. It was, you know, awkward as far as. Yeah. Right, know, but right. So you went on and you went to college and um, and I, obviously you're married now. Yeah. Actually, what's funny is that um, my husband now I've known since seventh grade. So he. <gasps> oh my goodness. Um, we we were we were at the same uh, church growing up, junior high, high school, and so he always likes to to joke about. So he knew um, the whole, everything. Right. I mean, he knew um, the birth father. I don't know if we're dropping names or not, but he knew um, he knew him. He knew everything that was happening. You know, he um, actually was dating my friend that was there at the hospital with me. So he came up to the hospital the day Jake was born. But he, um, so we just became better friends through right college and um, we didn't go to the same college but we just became better friends to eventually that friendship just turned into everyone was like are you sure you're not dating and we were like which is the way it should be right Right. such good friends but he will tell people um that what a different person I was Mm. before versus after I mean sometimes you know you don't like to hear what a maybe a snobby kind of brat you might have been I was an only Uh, child like I said uh. you know so I definitely probably well, I mean, I know I still, even as an adult, get accused of facial expressions and different <laughs> things, right? So I could see that maybe, you know, have certain demeanor. I wasn't mm-hmm. mean, but he will definitely say that, you know, it changed me, which mm-hmm. it should. I mean, that I told you, I mean, hello, you're going through some pretty difficult right. as far as other, the way other people are right. treating you or how that, you know. So, um, yeah. So I think that I definitely learned a lot about mm-hmm. just... God's forgiveness and then Mm. just kind of his grace and the joy that comes with that and that kind of like I said living that boldness out as far as I can't do anything about it and all I can do is there's consequences for right for sin and I don't want to live in that I mean that's kind of the idea of of anyone's testimony Mm -hmm. right is that when we when we are able to share it that you know the enemy doesn't have that kind of right. that shame and that guilt and all that stuff. Right. And so, I mean, I don't, 
I didn't really have a choice not to share it, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, I'm saying, because it's visible as far as not holding on to some secret, you know. But I think that um, because I learned all that, mm. and then, like I said, with Jake being born in March, I go off to college, I threw myself into, like, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and just really, you know, just knowing I even said the next person I date is a person I'm marrying. I don't want to date just to date. Because wow. I date, I mean, even though he was my only boyfriend, I was young, I think mm-hmm. so. I tell my teenage daughter that yeah. now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> now they, they all know my story, so I'm always like, I'm not saying you're going to happen, but come on. <laughs> um, but um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that even that freshman year, which was funny because even when, when my husband now, when James and I started dating, I went, that summer, like a month and a half later on a mission trip. And I remember uh, not knowing anyone on the team. I was in Peru for three months. And I remember talking about, you know, this person I'm going to marry. And they're like, how long have you been dating? I'm like, a month and a half. And they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, I'm serious, you know. Not that, that that doesn't have to all be on the podcast, but it's just funny. Because I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, you don't know my story as far as when, I, when we started dating. I'm like, the next person I date is the person I'm marrying. So, Despite all the hardships that Leslie and Emily experienced, they look back now, and they wouldn't change a thing. So looking back, what would you uh, tell yourself? What have you learned that you would have wanted your 15, 16-year-old self to know? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Because what's funny is sometimes, and I don't know how to say all this for you to put sound pretty, because I know I feel like this with my own. My daughter is almost 15 right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the whole... It's like sometimes the mistakes, I don't know if I, how do you sell, you know, your 15, 16 year old, like, don't do this or don't, because it's through that, that yes. growth happened or, yes. you know, that yeah. the goodness it's of all God, gonna be you know? okay. Yeah. Even if, even if you don't make good choices, yeah. that can bring some good stuff. I don't know though, if I would have told my 15 year old self that, <laughs> if I would have known or, or, right. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Which is what, like I said, I'm experiencing right now with my own 15-year-old. I'm like, how do I yeah. <laughs> navigate that but be like, it's okay if you make mistakes. God's going to. Yeah, yeah. You know. So what um, what gave you hope through all of this? Um, just hearing God's voice, you know, mm-hmm. that he told me, I have a baby for you and it's going to mm. be a different way and it's going to be a testimony. And, um, Clinging I, I, to I, that. Yeah, I did. Um, and there was also a couple of scriptures that I feel like he gave me. Um, when we were going through, when we were going through the infertility, I really struggled with like, you know, God, why, you know, why? Because children are a blessing from the Lord and all, right, you know, all right. that. And, and uh, I felt like he told me, where is it? It's in, I think Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And wow, that's the scripture that I kind of clung to, to, mm-hmm. to know that he knows what he's doing. And then the other yeah. one was in, um, Oh, shoot. In Proverbs, um, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so that taught me not to cling tightly to my desires, you know, to, mm. to change, to let the Lord change my desires to be his desires, and then he right. grant those desires. So, um, you know, not every adoption story turns out like ours. Right. So sometimes when people are in the midst of that and they're asking us, have to say, look, we have really glowing, great stories, and it doesn't right. mean it's going to happen for everybody. Right. God has a different path for everybody. Right. For us, that's just how it happened. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. So, and you have a 
a beautiful 20-year-old yes, yeah, who's in college. And um, I tell everybody the great thing about adoption is you can blame all, you know, bad behavior on everybody's <laughs> and all the good, good stuff on environments. So. <laughs> oh. But my favorite part of our story is just the way the Lord, so when she's going through her darkest time of finding out she's pregnant. And, right. You know, to tell people and all that right. we're going through our darkest time right fertility and and we didn't know the other and mm-hmm. god was stirring that pot and we didn't know that he was about to put us together and change yeah. our lives you know yeah so when i'm in the middle of something that's difficult mm-hmm. i can remember that you know that god just because this is happening here you don't know what's happening down the road but the lord wow work this out so that's so good um i remember Afterwards, um, I remember praying and saying, God, this could have been so much easier if you had not allowed her to get pregnant. And if you had allowed me to get pregnant, it would have been a lot easier on all mm-hmm. of us, you know. And um, and he told me, again, mm-hmm. some, I've learned that in my darkest moments is when I hear God's voice, mm-hmm. you know. And he said, but you would have missed my face. If that hadn't happened, I would have missed the face of God. And I, I wouldn't change anything yeah that's awesome well thank you you have a beautiful story beautiful story and you have a wonderful husband (laughs) and other children how many children do you have i have four girls oh my oh bless you i'm so sorry (laughs) i just have two girls oh it's hardcore i mean i have a boy and two girls anyway so their girls are hardcore they're all uniquely different, that's for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Do you, is there anything else you want to add? I think we hit all the major, major stuff. Yeah, that's a good story. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Can I brag on Jake. Brag on Jake. Absolutely. <laughs> so he's in college. Jake's in college. He's um, twenty. He'll be twenty-one in March, and. Um, He's a musical theater major, and it's just been a really cool experience watching him grow up, you know. And I do miss baby stage, but it's been fun having an adult child, Mm -hmm. too, you know, Mm -hmm. just seeing him become a man and Mm -hmm. seeing him, um, he's kind, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's fun, and he's just all around, he's just a good guy, you know. So that's been a joy for me, just to watch him kind of become his own person. Oh. There were days that we weren't sure how this was going to turn out, but he did. Yeah. He's, it's been fun. It's a good thing. He's a good kid. Yay. And you get to experience him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I mean, we're, we're Facebook and Instagram friends, which oh. that was very, very, um, not weird, but when he friend requested me oh, many years so ago, sweet. But I was like, okay. She called me or texted me <laughs> and asked if it was okay. Oh. She's always been very respectful of us as parents, uh-huh. but um, but when we try to bring her in as much as possible, she's came to a couple of his plays in high school. And, oh, that's fun! Um, his birth father came to a couple of plays, and I remember I don't know if I've told you this, but her parents came to his high school graduation. Oh, and he, her, your dad said, you know, when all this was happening, he said I just wasn't sure about this. He said, but now I can see how basically how the Lord had worked it out. So. I didn't cry at graduation until that. That wow. was a yeah. circle. Moment. Yeah. Doesn't it go by so quickly so when you fast. get to graduation and you go, this is it? Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, this was like a breath. Yeah. It's good. Your Jake is precious. Yeah. It's good. That's sweet. Well, thank you so much. Um, 
I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavapodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.